All right, back in the talking lab, talking tank, the talking Zoom room. I have my only, I don't know, only doctor I know. Well, uh, doctor's a stretch right now, but we're getting there. But Okay, super doctor. None other than Brandon Bohr. Started off as a fan of the show, then we developed a friendship, and now he's on the show. That's one talk of about, things. Talk about a rise from, you know. Oh, yeah. It's a rise for the ages. You know, it was a big struggle to get me on here. You know, I've been asking for a long time, and you just kept saying, yeah, eventually. But, you know, the day's come. And uh, very excited and very happy to be on. Thanks for having me on, Shine. Yeah, no problem. So, all right. I guess let's start it here, then. What's, like, the closest thing you could say that you've done like this? That isn't this meaning a podcast. Oh, I've done. I mean, that isn't a podcast because I I did like a recording for a couple classes in college, like like in podcast style. But I was never like interviewed. It was just me talking my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I guess like the closest thing to this is probably like a, a group presentation, <laughs> that like for like an assignment. Yeah, that's fair. But, you know, this is definitely a a new uh, environment for me. Yeah, I I never did any sort of, like, I made some YouTube videos, but I never talked in them, which, you know. Uh, Yeah, I I used to do that back in the day, too, YouTube videos. But like like you said, I never, like, talked or anything. It was just, like, me uploading, like, gameplay or. Yeah. uh, It's pretty much it. Not Not a seasoned podcaster. Yeah, I mean, who really is, you know? It's basically like you just say some things, you record it, you go home. Well, I'd say you're pretty seasoned at this point. You know, you got a couple episodes in the tank of this one. You got your your sports podcast. You're a diverse uh, podcaster, I'd say. Yeah. All right. So, I don't know. Say it's about two minutes. So, I base everything off of Tor's attention span. (laughs) <laughs> so like right now is when Tor and people like him you know the people I want to really grasp their attention this is where yeah. like we gotta like keep them and they'll want to listen to more gotta so, keep them on their toes I got, I got you for sure Tor's a tough we... man to keep uh keep entertained it was a very difficult time doing that for a couple of weeks you know out on, uh, on that road trip with him he was a, a doozy uh, I can't imagine spending like unlimited or not unlimited like un not even supervised because we're all adults but you know what i mean just you and him and just uninhibited just two straight weeks of tour um you know it was the best two weeks and also the worst two weeks of my life and i i thank the lord for james morrell being there too because if it was just me and matt i don't know if i was coming back alive from that trip because me and him almost never agreed on what to do and he is, uh, I think, you know, he's very strong, uh, strongly opinionated and feels like his way is the best way no matter what. So um, reasoning with him is not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, and I just like, 
in a weird way, I feel like it'll help you in the long run that two weeks. Did I lose you, Sean? No, I still am moving, and I heard you say that. All right, he's here. Don't worry. I assessed the situation. I called an audible. But as I was saying, he, uh, it'll probably help you, like, in a relationship, I imagine. Not, like, with Tor, but, you know, How, just dealing yeah. with somebody in a weird element for two weeks. And, like, you had James, who kind of acted as a buffer, it seemed like. But it'll definitely help you. Uh, James is definitely a buffer for, like, a little bit. But then he also was super entertained by what was going on. So for most of the time, he kind of just took a backseat and laughed and kind of egged Matt on. And, you know, that definitely didn't help things. But I don't know. I mean, I think Tor's as good as a uh, preparation for a relationship as anything else. You know, he's uh, very unpredictable and he gets very angry. And, you know, arguments are aplenty. So, um, yeah, it's a good way of putting it, I think. I mean, you know, when you're constantly, you know, getting yelled at over, uh, what to do and where to go and how things should be done. Uh, I think it's a lot like my last relationship. So <laughs> you're pretty, uh, pretty spot on there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be bad though. Like you, you meet a girl and you think she's going to be your wife. And then you're like, all right, how did I handle this with Tor? And then you're like, oh my God, I just compared this girl that I love to Tor. <laughs> well, you know, looking back at it now, it's not too, too uh, dissimilar at least the last one yeah and that's like i never realized how often you think about relationships so when i was on vacation this year down the shore right you see all these people on the boardwalk and then you see people younger than us people our age people a little older married people old people all like you see the way that they interact in a relationship right so you can see like kind of what stage they're at without knowing them certain people you know, they can exist without like touching each other. Certain people, they have to be touching each other. Certain people can like just look at each other and you know. And that's yeah. the really weird thing because I feel like I've never been in a relationship with a girl that's gotten to any of those stages of like, okay, are we like holding hands? Or are we just walking next to each other? You know? But then, oh, yeah, I got you. Like every like, kind of you don't realize how much you think about that kind of stuff until after, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. You never like think about it too much, like in the time and place, but no, you're definitely right. Like every kind of, you know, relationship takes on its own, you know, sort of uh, its own life, you know, every, what every uh, dynamic between two people is very different. You know, different people have different boundaries and what they're comfortable with, especially out in public like that. So, I mean, definitely not something you think about while you're doing it or like, while it's uh something that's going on but no i've definitely thought about that you know it's kind of been it's been a hot minute since my last uh relationship so i've, I've thought i've definitely thought those things over since then and then the other bad thing is you see two people that you assume that like each other and are in love and whatnot and you're like oh that's gross but also like kind of want that you know what i mean uh yeah you know you kind of see things you're like oh you know that 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 makes sense but you know sometimes it never happens and uh you know like you know you want it but like i never want to be like the person that people are like oh like i hate that i'd want to be like the, you know like oh that looks nice for them i'm, I'm happy for them but i don't want to be yeah. like oh this guy stinks 
Yeah, yeah, I don't see myself being the ugh type too much. I mean, obviously, if someone if it's like a, a shitty person, you know, you can obviously be like, oh, I don't, I don't like that person. But I don't typically see myself looking at other two other people who are like, you know, at least trying to be happy together and going, ugh, you know, just absolutely disgusted. That actually, you you brought up something that I feel like you, out of anyone that I know, can kind of give good clarity on so i'm a good person who chooses to be a jerk right yeah, um, i would 100 agree with that what would you like describe are you like a good person who like you know it defends themselves and that it could come across mean like that way like how would you say you are in that situation compared to me i don't know i think i'm a pretty i'd like to think i'm a pretty good guy um you know i try not to i'm not a big on confrontation which is ironic because it seems like that's what i live in is confrontation with you people it's you know i feel like i'm always targeted so i'm constantly trying to defend myself but you know at some point or another i've kind of just not that i've given up on it but you know i, I try not to entertain it so much uh kind of just chill out and you know let people you know have their laugh and then uh just go about my day but, you know, uh, definitely don't have the same, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like dynamic with people that you do. Like, I don't know. Like, I know like you're a good dude and you just try getting rises out of people, you know, just for like the laugh and you know, entertaining other people. I, uh, so we're a little, uh, you know, not so similar in that aspect. Like, uh, I'm not constantly trying to, um, well, I would say not that you constantly do it, but, you know, you're uh, pretty uh, prone to going around, like, you know, just pushing buttons and, you know, you know how to get people going. You know, I think I'm more a little a little more laid back than that. You know, I'm kind of just. Exist yeah, I'm, I'm the, the one that pushes your buttons. Yes, yes. All the time. <laughs> uh, whether just... we're, uh, you know, playing games or just hanging out in person, you know, you always know how to you know, keep things going, which is good. You know, every, you know, that, that's kind of needed in like a, a social space and you're good at keeping things going and keeping things interesting. Yeah. It, it took me a really long time to realize that like, I enjoy kind of like being a jerk. <laughs> um, and it's, it's something that I've like given myself or I, I don't know how to word it. Like I've let into me seems you kind of uh, leaned into it yeah yeah leaned into it uh i just i don't know i enjoy it you know sometimes i know that i have to and it's to a fault uh i have to make people laugh it's like my favorite thing to do i'll do that at my expense your expense anyone's expense you know i'll bring up something that i shouldn't i'll whatever it has to be sometimes do i cross a line do i say something i shouldn't yeah but you know that's like yeah, everybody does that's again, though. yeah and like everybody knows it's like it's like in good fun it's just kind of your thing so i don't think anyone really gets too uh upset over things maybe at first because it was so out of like because for a while like that was not what you were doing and like out of nowhere you just started you know left hook right hook just kept getting everybody and you know, for maybe at like the start of it people were like a little taken aback but that at this point everyone knows it's just kind of your thing yeah, it was Noah. It's especially like I realized <laughs> it was him. 
he would always be like, oh, say something back. And then like now, you know, I pretty much go without a filter. And he's like, dude, you got to stop. It's like, well, which is it? You know? Yeah. I grew into uh, this. So we just got to we just got to run with it. He uh, he made you into what you are today. Yeah. Maybe you could say he's afraid of it because I never really (laughs) go after him. That's a good point. You know, you you seem to have your uh, your favorite targets. I'm definitely one of them. Oh yeah, for sure. It's basically like anybody that speaks can be a potential target. And then sometimes if you don't talk, that makes you a potential target. So it's really anybody. I don't discriminate. <laughs> All right. So like like I said, I like being called a jerk and all that. I, I enjoy it now at this point in my life. Is there, let's say when you left high school, yeah. is there a personality thing or something that you didn't have in high school that you have now that you like about yourself? Oh, I mean, I definitely say I'm just more comfortable with myself and just in social situations. Like when I was in high school, um, always was like seeking everyone else's approval. So I was trying not to uh, like make things awkward or you know say let's say the wrong thing to the wrong person so i always felt like i was walking on eggshells when i was in high school you know couldn't really be um like i said comfortable and like people thought you know looking back at it now i can understand like people thought i was kind of like you know a weird guy um but that was more so just you know trying to make sure no one disliked me you know i wasn't like going for the whole uh kind of being myself sort of thing. It was more just uh, making sure people didn't not like me. And I regret that, but that was, you know, what I did at the time. And now I feel like I'm a lot more, a lot more comfortable with people, you know, no matter who it is, you know, I'm just uh, more engaged in conversation and not just sitting there quietly watching everybody else talk while I sit there, you know, maybe butting in every couple minutes. And that's know. the other thing I that's what makes this about me but like i'm very quiet in person like i need to get that i need to get that you know compared to a hockey game i need to like give somebody that <laughs> hit and then like i'm good but like i, I there's definitely a, a feeling out process it's it's a weird dance oh I have yeah to do. there's there, no there's of course and that's with anybody new that you meet like you know you learn it takes time to like learn what you know what their sense of humor is what their you know, their social uh, level of like how comfortable, how comfortable they are socially. It takes, you know, at least a couple minutes when you first meet a person to kind of feel them out. And, you know, it's still same with me, no matter like, you know, who it is, but, um, you know, I think, you know, the going to college really kind of eased that for me. Cause you know, you live, you like live with a person you never met before in your entire life. And then, you know, I did the same thing year two, you know, a new person, went up um i was rooming with you know a kid i met my freshman year and then he went up saying oh we're gonna do this and we roomed with four other kids that i'd never met in my entire life so it turned out you know you you get to uh kind of adapt socially a lot quicker when you're kind of thrown in those situations in college and you know i'm I'm, that's why i'm happy i did spend like two years living on campus because i feel like that kind of made uh everything a little bit easier for me do you consider yourself a hypocrite yeah i do i didn't i I didn't think that would be your answer i would i would also say that i am but i think that that you have to be 
and that's just like growing up. Yeah, no, of course. Like, I think everybody, in at least some sense, is a hypocrite. I don't think I'm like, like a huge hypocrite, but you know, I I think I definitely can be from time to time. Like, even Anthony, who's like one of the most like, uh, do good, be good kind of people that I've met in my life, is, you know, says some of the most obscene things I've ever heard in my, in, you know, in my in my entire life as well. You know, he's like he's very like liberal leaning, very tolerant. And then he says the things that he says and you're like, well, what the hell is your deal? But you know, it's all just, it's, it's all just good fun trying to get a laugh out of somebody. You know, you kind of break your own like moral code sometimes just to kind of feel comfortable socially. Like I hate, hate being touched, but sometimes I enjoy like touching somebody to make them feel weird. <laughs> and I, I realize how ridiculous that is like saying and actually doing but it's just like like touching Riza, like trying to hold his hand in public is the funniest thing to do and then like sometimes <laughs> i put my hand on his leg and it just grosses him out and like yeah it's really weird for me too but it's just i just like have to do it is that do you do that like with just him or are other people around that you're trying to get like, a laugh out of or is it just just to make him feel uncomfortable? Um it's like a little of both. The the holding hands thing that's just for my enjoyment. <laughs> um but yeah, I'll, I'll like touch his leg just about anywhere. And then it it depends also like how big of a scene he makes it, you know? Well, yeah, you know, when you're trying to get like, that that reaction out of somebody but yeah. I mean, like, if I keep doing it, eventually everybody's going to know because he's going to, like, freak out one of those times. And that, <laughs> that's really good. I'm trying to God. think, like, is there any other things that I, I, like, I just feel like so much has changed. Between, like, even, like, two years ago, I feel like there's things you said then and compare them to now. It's like, oh, you're a hypocrite. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. also, like, yeah. way different two years ago than I am now. Oh no, you know, your your personal opinions and what you think about things. So that, those things constantly shift and change. So like you could say one thing today and then like new information or like a new like outlook on something happens and then you say the complete opposite like even a couple months from now. It's, you know, information and your thought processes are constantly changing, so you're always going to have different opinions unless you're just really headstrong like Tor, you know, never never change your opinions on things what you think is the right thing no matter what. So, well, I mean, that's that's what's wrong with the people that were born in like the '60s and '70s. Oh yeah, you know they they don't give a shit. This is that's how it was then. That's how it's always is to them. I feel like Noah's kind of like that too. Noah's very headstrong, like with his opinions. He's yeah, not so he's not like so outwardly uh, um, spoken about it. But you know you you know you start like asking him some questions, you know, feeling them out, and you know. You know, the uh, he starts rattling off the answers. I feel like those answers have kind of been the same for since I've known him. Yeah, and not that there's anything bad. Like, it's not all people no. born in the 60s and 70s, but like some of them, if you told them Greece is the number one movie in America, they'd be like, yeah, of course it still is. Just that's how they are. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that example. Uh, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, uh, the people who think Trump is still president, even though, you know, that's been over for a long time now. Yeah, I, I, 
I don't know how you could like that's not even some ultra like it's just objectively a fact that he isn't. Yeah, yeah. Or the people who think like the that COVID's like not real. Oh I my mean, god the the amount the of people of that this. come in, the amount of people that come into my work and tell me it's not real or it's some government scheme. Like I had some dude who came in on Friday, um, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I heard about this months before it was going to happen." My my son, he has like level zero clearance in the government. He's like, he's like, don't believe a word you're hearing about this thing. It's a biological weapon made by the communist robots. They're, it's coming to come get us. He goes, uh, you know, and uh, don't believe anything the media tells you. It's all a lie. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm just nodding my head. I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, you know, makes total sense. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what the fuck is this guy on about? Like, this is clearly not what's going on. But, you know, people have, you know, their thoughts, their opinions, the, their theories they believe in. You know, Jack's big conspiracy theory guy, big Area 51 guy. There's just like a lot of things that I don't want to know that Jack thinks about. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jack's Jack's head's full of interesting information. He's a his, his head is just full of like things that him and four other people believe in tie-dye. <laughs> it's full of like no useful, like tons of useless information that's only like useful in very specific conversations. And, you know, it's just, that's, I feel like like 70% of his thoughts are just that. Yeah. And I mean, when I talk to him, it's a lot of just like, I hate you. So <laughs> yeah. he probably he has like insults stored up there. He says that to everybody though. He says yeah. he hates everybody. He, I mean, it's Jack. What do you expect? Do you, okay. Have you ever, somebody like that you're not related to, have you ever liked somebody more than you like yourself? Oh yeah. Easily. I it's don't like, like myself very much. Okay. I, I didn't think that was going to be the answer <laughs> to that, but. Uh, no, no, no. Not, not in like a, like I, I hate myself sort of thing, but like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I'm constantly like trying to work on and better myself. And no matter, you know, what kind of uh, progress I feel that I'm making, I will then look at another part of myself and be like, oh, this part of me is really shitty. So then I'll try and work on that. And I kind of like lose sight of the whole you know point of it anyway. So like, I don't think I'm like a, a bad person or I, I don't like not like myself, but I have like that. I don't know if it's like a syndrome or a complex or something like that, where I feel like I need to be like better all the time. So is it like you feel like you can be better because you feel like you're not improving something? So part of improving yourself is always improving something? Yes, that's a good way. That's a good way to talk about. It. That's a good way to like phrase that. Yeah. Like I, I constantly feel like there's like a need for improvement, even though like most of the time I feel like I'm doing just fine. But that, that can probably get like pretty overpowering at times, I'd imagine. Oh, it's very overwhelming sometimes, like especially when I was in college still. And even right now with like my studying for like the MCAT that I'm doing, because I just registered for that. I'm taking that in the middle of May. Like I, I have this constant like feeling of like I need to be doing something productive at like all hours of the day. And I'm just like burning myself out. And then I feel like I'm getting nothing done because I'm burning myself out. And it's just this constant cycle. I kind of feel the same, but like I know that when I should be doing something, I'm not. 
and then, mm-hmm. as bad as it sounds and then i just like get over it and it's like up oh, tomorrow's a new day i'm not gonna do it then either but i'll say i will yeah and i don't want to compare our situation like mine is like stupid stuff like laundry and making my bed and whatnot you're like gonna save someone's life one day and yeah that's the hope that's the hope we'll see how it goes you know see a lot of interesting stuff come into work and you know it's uh it definitely keeps my interest going at least like keeps the uh motivation there let's go back to the loving or liking whatever somebody more than you it's like it's really cool right but also like it sucks and you hate it right yeah you know i um you kind of just get like i wouldn't say like obsessed but like like infatuated with like the person's like personality and who they are as a person and you know you kind of get caught up in that more so than like you know the the day-to-day things that you need to take care of for yourself and uh you know it's a good thing to like really like especially when you're with someone to like love the person that they are but if it comes at like the expense of like yourself it becomes a problem and i'd say that was a issue for me in my last relationship up until things got very religious and then it no longer became an issue but um you know you know it's a it's a good and a bad thing yeah like i mean you know we've all liked people we've all told people that we've liked them some of us it works out some of us it doesn't uh usually for me it's i never say anything uh, and I no, just it just depends let... on what day you decide to tell them, Shime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, usually like, or I'm bad at making things seem serious, as you probably know. So I just mm-hmm. like, it comes off as like a joke, but, it, but that's neither here nor there. But like, actually liking a girl in our case, like, it's great. You know, it's awesome that our brain can do the enzymes or I'm not a neuro guy but you know it the love and whatever yeah oxytocin is the love hormone it's uh yeah it's great that you know that you're capable of that and it can come out and it works and you know having the heart's awesome but then also liking somebody like i hate it and it's dumb and it does like more bad than good until you act on it then it might do good yeah no like when you're sitting there and like you're just thinking about things it could be terrible like you just feel depressed because nothing's happening even though you want something to happen it's all about you know like taking that first step but that's like the most difficult part of the whole process because there's like the fear of rejection there's the fear of you know what if i make an ass out of myself or you know a million different scenarios that you like play over in your head and it's all just like i said taking that first step and that's typically at least in my case i don't know about you is like the thing that almost never happens because I either wait too long because I want to make sure things are going to go well and at that point interest is lost or I just never act on it at all yeah I, so all right let me think uh so yeah the one we know we don't gotta talk about that one <laughs> um <laughs> I'm trying to think back to younger Stephen uh one girl Facebook message, ew, you're ugly. So that one ended that one pretty quick. That's uh, pretty brutal. That's pretty yeah, rough. Yeah. 
horse girl just kind of led me on horse girl i, I don't want to say names but no, no of course of course not i just didn't know there was a horse girl this no, is news no. to me no well once like we're done and like i say you'll be like oh her you know it makes sense yeah I that gotcha. one was that one was rough that one like that, that was like the first girl like okay you know you can like somebody in like fourth grade or whatever i mean not that i was old but like eighth grade this was like the first time i like really liked like the girl you know yeah i got like you. i actually cared about what she was saying and i was interested in what she was like doing and it was always mm -hmm. good talking to her and then it was like in my mind at least this big like will they won't they when really it was just the like they won't he just doesn't know yet <laughs> uh so yeah that went on for about a summer one time it was a girl that was in a grade older than us and i was like oh maybe but then i think she knew the whole time like no mm -hmm. and then for a while you know i just lived life man you know that was probably i probably didn't like have a crush on somebody i don't know like five years or so you know because like yeah, you I mean don't it's if it's something you don't miss it's not something that you need until eventually that demon yeah, comes exactly. back into your life and it's not always a bad thing you know not wanting that you know it's it really it removes a huge layer of stress and you know clears up your thoughts and stuff like that so i mean like you said the will will they won't they thing you know i had that going on for like six years with one person and then that went down in flames yes. um <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, you know, I, I find a lot of peace in the times when, you you know, you're not thinking about that. And I feel like that's when, you know, I'm kind of able to think think the most clearly and get, like, be the most productive is when you're not chasing something. You're kind of focusing on, you know, your own shit. Yeah, and having goals and aspirations is a great thing to always, you know, take your mind off of the stupid things that, like... It's weird having dreams is like great but also i feel like it can be the same thing as liking somebody where it can consume all of your free thoughts and whatnot and you just can't let it you just have to control the part of the dream that you can control a thousand percent and like that could be said like not even about dreams but just like you know hobbies or you know like in, in like our case like playing games like if you know you, you get so into it that you lose sight of other things you know that's all you do all day and I mean, for a while, you know, during COVID, I didn't give a shit about nothing except playing PlayStation. And, you know, it was like 12, 13 hours a day. I'm just sitting there on the game doing nothing to improve, you know, my academics or, you know, trying to get closer to, you know, getting into medical school. And the same thing, like, like you were saying, it's just, it's the same process with that as well as with dreams or a girl that you might like or whatever. Yeah. Girls are stupid anyways. They still have cooties. <laughs> My PlayStation never let me down, at least. <laughs> Except that probably a couple times it has. But, uh... All right, so... Work. Well, yeah, you know, it lags you out of a game or whatever. So, like I said, you're actually doing something with your life. You're studying to be a doctor. You're going to hopefully, like you said, save someone's life or maybe a couple people here and there. I, what's that like? What's what like like wanting to do that or like yeah just like I I 
the biggest goal I ever had was being a baseball player. And then in fifth grade, I realized that wasn't going to happen. And then I just went from fifth grade until now being like, hmm, wonder what I'm going to do. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't know. I've kind of just been around medicine since I was like three months old or something like that, you know, because um, like all the laser surgeries that I had to do and then all the specialists I need to see for when I was a kid, at least, you know, and, and even now, you know, I've always kind of been around medicine. So it's kind of been this huge part of my life. And, you know, I feel like I've been given so much by it that I kind of want to give back to that same community. And that's kind of where like the uh, strong, like drive to like, get into it kind of came from. And, you know, that's why, despite how overworked I am at my job right now, I still love it. Like I'm working 12 hour shifts. I'm seeing a ridiculous amount of people today, like a day right now. And, you know, they gave me COVID. Um, but we're still going strong. I really enjoy it. Like I still enjoy going into work and, you know, being able to interact with patients and, and, and try and, you know, although it's not happening as much right now because I'm pretty much just doing COVID testing when a patient comes in that like, you know, they're having chest pain or they're having, uh, you know, problems with like their ankle or their arm or whatever. Like I had a lady come in a couple of days ago and she got bit by her dog and we had to give her like, uh, just vaccine, like simple stuff like vaccination, just clean out her wound. Like that stuff is super interesting and I feel like you know it's just uh kind of what I'm like meant to do I don't know you know when you have like you know when something's tough and it's like grueling but you still enjoy it that's kind of like what you're meant to like kind of be doing I kind of feel like that way about uh medicine yeah and in the field that you're going into if you like you said enjoy it and are genuinely interested by it then it's not really work. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a big pain to get to that point. But once you're actually doing it and like it is yours, then it's just yeah. like something that you already enjoy that you get paid for. And, you know, you got to do, I don't know, what, like 50, 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah, I'm uh, right now they're scheduling me for a little um, over 50 hours a week right now, which is fine. I mean, I really don't care. It's like if I'm not doing that, I'm either at home doing some studying stuff or you know working out when I have the time so I mean not much nothing really else better to do with my time and it's good experience and it'll be good talking points for interviews and um, I get really good letters of recommendation from doctors while I'm there so uh, you know overall it's just a, it's a great opportunity for me so I've really enjoyed my uh, I think it's I think I just hit three months like on Monday so it's been a, been a fun three months is being a doctor, like something in media or even certain like business fields that it's like you have to know somebody to get in or do they kind of care more about like the schooling and the papers? Well, the schooling and I feel like the schooling and, the, uh, you know, the credentials and all that stuff like merit definitely still plays the biggest part, but knowing someone definitely helps a lot. Like, um, I was, my junior year, I was talking with uh, my TA who had just gotten accepted into medical school. And he was telling me a story about um, his friend who had the most difficult time getting into medical school, medical school, even though he was the valedictorian of his class. He had like almost a perfect MCAT score. He had like all, all the academics lined up perfectly, but he had like no letters of recommendation. He had like no experience. So like, that's the, like, the most difficult thing like, in the in the shift um, in what medical schools are looking for in terms of applicants in the past like 20 or so years. 
um, you know, it's much, much more difficult to get into because they're looking for like well-rounded candidates. So they want to see like you have uh, community service and they want to see you have exposure in clinical settings. They want to see you have um, service, uh, community service in hospitals and they want to see that you have shadowing hours and need to have a certain GPA, need to have letters of recommendation from professors who are science teachers and not science teachers and letters of recommendation from people outside of schooling that you know. And it's just like this whole laundry list of things, you know, you need to fill all the check marks. And at that point, you still have like a 30% chance of getting in if you if you are, are checking all those boxes and doing it like all, doing a good job of it. So at that point, you know, when if you have all the like credentials, like the merit, that, that's when knowing someone really can kind of put you over the edge as a candidate. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's a lot of, uh, it's a big grind, you know, for the overwhelming chance that it's not going to pay off, which is why I try not to take, uh, I mean, I take it seriously, but I try not to like make it everything right now. Like I'm trying to just be happy with where I am and, but still working towards the goal. So obviously everyone's not going to be a doctor. Um, but was that something that, I don't know, 10th grade, you knew you would need like community service and all like the extra stuff just to like get into the final schooling for it? Uh, when I was 10th grade? No, I, I knew you needed to be good at school. I, that's pretty yeah, much so all. Like, I, I, don't, I don't see why they don't teach us that in school, you know? I feel like, I feel like there should be like at least a course that like, you know, kind of at least provides you with the information on like different career paths, what like what they're looking for in terms of schooling and service and, and like work uh, experience. Because I feel like a lot of stuff in high school that we do learn, we wind up not needing, you know, like we don't teach us how to like do our taxes or, or like very practical things that like we all need to do but they're focused on teaching us like the Pythagorean theorem or about what happened in the United States 300 years ago. Like those take priority over like very like essential, like things that you need in life that you wind up having to pay someone to do because you don't know how to do it. Yeah. You just said something about some Pythagorean. I don't know what that is. Pythagorean theorem. It's a, uh... It helps you find like the length of a side of like a triangle, like a squared plus b squared equals c squared. Like that you remember? You don't remember that? Why would I want to know that? Exactly, like that. Unless you're like an engineer, you don't, or like an architect, you don't need that sort of like information. So that's why I think they should start like not specializing high school courses. But if you have like a, a career choice in mind, I think you should be able to like at least speak with like, like a counselor in high school and kind of like try to tailor your experience to like be a little more practical for you. Yeah, it's like elementary school. I remember fifth and sixth grade, they're like, hey, you're gonna have class or you're gonna have like homework on the weekend. So you gotta make sure you do them and this and you gotta wake up early and blah, blah, blah. In middle school, it's like, oh, if you thought this was bad, high school's gonna be way worse. And you, you know, you'll still have homework on the weekends and you need to like balance the social life and this and that. And, and in high school, it's like, yeah, we're going to teach you this worthless garbage and you're still going to have homework on the weekends. And then we're not really going to tell you what you need for college because, you know, you're 16 now. You should really know how, like what's needed after this. But really, 
after high school, when they don't tell you what you needed to know, that's when it was the most important time for them to let you like have a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I, I always loved the whole, oh, this type of, this type of shit's not going to fly in college, this, that, the other thing. And like, if you, um, you know, like teachers in high school are super like uptight about like you calling them like Mr. Smith, Mr. Mr. Jones, whatever, whatever the teacher uh, would be. And then in college, you know, you get to like the upper level, like the, the really hard courses and they come in and introduce themselves as like Jeff or like Mark, like, oh yeah, call me Mark. Here's my cell phone. Text me if you need anything, you know, like, it's like, you know, they treat you like people in high in college instead of treating you like, treating you like drones, like robots. Cause I feel like that's what uh, education is, at least at a, at a lower level. And I mean, it's the same thing kind of be said about college, you know, you're kind of working and getting into debt for like this piece of paper, just for like an entry level job at this point, when it, it used to be very important for like anybody to like get like a meaningful career. But now, you know, unless you have like very specific career goals in mind, like if you're not going to like law school or if you're not going to be a nurse or like a doctor or like an engineer, or like an architect, like things that like require like a degree, it's almost like you're just paying this money off of like tradition that like older generations kind of want you to carry on that aren't necessary anymore. Like, I know like you want to get into like uh, sports casting or something like, like, or like a, something like that. Right. I think you mentioned that to me at one point. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe one day. Like you, like you necessarily, you don't, wouldn't necessarily need like a college degree for that. That's more about who, you know, and like just getting your foot in the door with that sort of thing. And, but you know, it's always been sold to us ever since we were kids, like how important college is. Yeah. And I hate this notion that like, the overachievers like that is expected to be the baseline you know not everybody when they get their first job it's gonna be like like almost six figures you know what i mean i don't know what nurses doctors nurses assistants whatever hospital people i don't know what they make their first job i imagine it's much more than like you know the the taco maker at taco bell but you know some people that's all they're gonna like be and they're totally fine with that. And I don't know why we shy away from that. You know, like there are very many normal people that are super happy and much happier than people that have to kill themselves to be considered, you know, average. And the average is way above what should be expected of normal people. Oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, and not saying there's anything wrong with like working at a McDonald's or working at a shop, right? But I feel like a lot of people who are working in those jobs, um, you know, like straight out of high school are much happier than people who are like forcing themselves to go through college just because they're told they need to. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with like just, just taking those jobs until you figure out, you know, what it is you want to do long term. Even that, if that is what you want to do long term, you, you know, you can make a, a life out of that. There's nothing, there's no shame in it. I mean, like, literally, when it all comes down to you do the addition, you, the subtraction, like, somebody has to do it. It's still yeah. a job. We're not all destined for glamour, you know? Yeah, I mean, right now at my job, I'm pretty much a glorified nose picker. Like, that's all I'm doing right now is just COVID testing with, with a swab. And, you know, that's not what I signed up to do, but that's what they need me to do right now. So that's just, you know, how we're handling this pandemic, which is... 
Ah, oh, never gonna end. <laughs> it, it so like it, if you were born in 2019, right? You had, we'll say like August of it. You had four normal months, and then two full normal months of 2020. And then the rest of your life since then is just like this. Has been masks and social distancing and quarantining. And it's crazy, you know, to think about like it's almost been it's been almost two full years. Yeah. I mean I was thinking about it last summer before school started. Um or maybe maybe 2020, I was thinking about it. Like uh when everything was going on and it's like virtual school and blah, blah, blah. Like imagine in 2019, right before your junior year of college, somebody was like, oh, are you guys gonna be virtual or are you gonna be in person? And then like, you know, oh, is this movie going straight to like a streaming service or is it in theaters? You'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that, that was like never even considered. Like, you know, you know, it, it's crazy to think about how, how foreign it feels like be meeting up in person sometimes even still because of how the last two years have gone. But I mean, I think we're, we're actually starting to make our way towards the end of this thing because um, I was talking with a virologist at, uh, at work and, you know, and that's just a person who is like their main job is just like studying viruses. And uh, they were saying like with each mutation that COVID has had, it's become more and more like transmissible, more like virulent but it's become less and less uh, severe because that's why like if Ebola ever broke out in like the US, it wouldn't be around for very long because it's, so, it's such a deadly virus. It would just kill everything that it touches and eventually it'd run out of food and it would die. And it would just be gone. That's why COVID and it, since it's had such a long time to adapt, it's becoming less and less uh, dangerous, but more and more transmissible. So they're predicting it's just going to wind up being like a flu thing. Like you'll get a, like a, like a, you'll get a yearly flu shot. You get like a yearly COVID shot and eventually it'll just be like a cold. Hopefully anyway, that, that's like the best case scenario. I just can't believe it's still around. Oh, me either. I thought, I thought we were at a point in modern medicine where this kind of thing wouldn't happen anymore. Like that was my whole like stance on it. When I, when I heard, first heard about it, like, Oh, this is me a big deal. I was like, ah, no, it'll be here. They're like two weeks flat in the curve. We'll all be good. I was like, all right, sweet. Two weeks of just chilling at home. I'll be back in school in no time. And I spent like eight months in my house and didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I like, I remember March so well, just because it was like such a crazy time. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it, it just like, oh, it's, it's 2022 just, now. Like that's, it's just, it's that's just how quick blur. it went. It's just a blur. I, I haven't like had time to process pretty much any of it. It's all just been one big conglomerate of nothing. Like I graduated yeah, like, college and I did, I still don't feel like I actually graduated college because, you know, I, I did it on the opposite side of a TV screen while I had people talking to me about what was going on in the USA in 1776. I was like, this is, this is terrible. I always like uh, talking to people that have siblings. So I'm the youngest of three. You're the oldest of three. You have two sisters. I have a sister and a brother. So it's always interesting because basically, I mean, you and Mio 
are the only two I can think of off the top of my head that it's like the exact same situation. Yeah, uh, even like down to the same age too. Like my, um, me and him, same year. Um, Megan and Amanda, same year. Katie and Rory, same year. So like they, we've all kind of just grown up with each other. Yeah, and so like you and your sisters, like you said, close in age. It basically everybody else, like my two siblings are way older than me. So what's it like? Like, I imagine being like the oldest of the three and the only boy sibling is probably like cool, but also like you feel like, especially now, some kind of responsibility. Oh, I definitely feel some sort of responsibility. Um, I kind of feel worse for them than I do for myself. I mean, it always would have been cool. You know, if we had had, like, if I'd had a brother as well, in addition to the two, uh, two girls, but you know, obviously, you know, having siblings is great, especially when they're close in age. You know, you kind of get to grow up together, because I know your, uh, your two siblings are, you know, they have like, at least your sister has like a kid or two kids now, right? Yeah. So I, that's like a crazy difference in age there, but um, you know, I always kind of just tried to be like, you know, role model, kind of set the example. And my sisters don't appreciate that because um, my mom's always, my mom and my dad really are both kind of always comparing them to me. And, you know, I feel like, you know, I kind of set the bar a little high, but, you know, not to like toot my own horn and sound like narcissistic, but like I did well, you know, throughout like school and high school and stuff like that. So I feel like they're always kind of trying to live up to that, which is unfair to them because, you know, it's, it's just unfair to have expectations like that. But, you know, I always, you know, I try to make, you know, uh, like I said, a good example. And we all get along really well, which is a good thing, because I know sometimes siblings can kind of just butt heads all the time and, you know, relationships kind of sour. But no, we're all, all three of us are really close. And, you know, we try and do things together as much as our schedule lets us. Like we all went to the, before we all got COVID, before I gave everybody in my house COVID. Um, we all went to the movies, you know, we uh, go out to, you know, grab lunch sometimes. So it's, it's nice having like people, um, having, not people, having siblings around your age. Cause you know, it's just another person, you know, kind of bounce things off of and, you know, just kind of be with when, you know, you're having a tough time and, and you know, just need a person to talk to or just, so, you know, someone to hang out with, distract yourself from whatever's going on. It's a, it's a nice thing. I also feel like for you, like, obviously, you know, when you were born, you didn't know. Uh, you probably didn't know till I don't know, seven, eight, nine, that you would be like the, the measuring stick. And it is unfair that, you know, for them to get compared to you. But like, that's just how it is with everything. Oh, yeah. And especially like in school and stuff, that was probably the worst for them. Be like, oh, I remember your brother, Brandon. And then they're like, oh, yeah. And then just like that, it, it probably stinks for them. You know, I mean, Caitlin's still getting that now because she's in, she's uh, just starting college, so she's still getting those. Uh, she's still hearing that now, even though you know she's going for something completely different than what I went for. Uh, so it's unfair, but it's just the way life is. No matter what, like you could be starting a new job and not even know the other person, but you're expected to fill those shoes. You know, yeah. the person who like left previously. So it's just a uh, it's tough shit, but that's just how life is. 
Now on the on the flip side, would you would you ever want to be the youngest? Um, no, I think I'm pretty happy with being the oldest. I mean, I kind of got. I feel like my parents were definitely the toughest on me growing up out of the three of us, but they kind of like leaned back, like pulled back on how uh, drill sergeant E they were as I grew up and they kind of saw, you know, you don't need to be a tyrant for a kid to turn out all right. So they, you know, I feel like my sisters, um, I actually feel like she's, my parents are more tough on my sisters now than they were when they were kids. And they're a lot easier on me now than when I was a kid. So I feel like they kind of, flip-flop the whole thing but um i don't know being the oldest is nice because i kind of got to you know i was their first kid so i kind of got to just like dictate how uh you know the pace of things and what you know um my parents expectations for like raising a kid and you know it was uh it was nice growing up being the oldest i mean i had the most responsibility out of three of us and i was kind of expected to uh kind of keep everybody in check i mean yeah yeah being the oldest is pretty nice yeah how do you feel being like the youngest of like your uh your trio yeah for me i mean by the third and then especially like we know i was so much younger so it was it was it wasn't like being an only child because you know i obviously have two yeah Uh, but it was definitely it definitely was cool like, I don't know if I would ever want to be the oldest because I would never want to be compared to somebody. Like, and even when you're younger, or I wouldn't want to be the one that people are compared to because I wouldn't want it to be like, yeah. have that uh, on my shoulders. Because I feel like that nobody would like think because it's like, oh, the oldest being cool. But it's probably like an unfair thing for you also being like your, like, your sister's success relies on what you did. Yeah, like, like the perception of what success is is kind of based off of um, the bar that I set, which I I definitely don't like. That's like probably the one thing I don't like most about it because I feel like like uh, indirectly, like I'm kind of putting these uh, expectations on people and you know, I feel like yeah, it's kind of affecting how they feel about me but I've kind of grown past it the same way I, I grew out grew out of like always trust trying to please everybody when I was back in high school but yeah I that's definitely the one thing that I could live without is that yeah and also like being the youngest was cool because like by the third time like my mom realized things that worked things that didn't oh yeah but the, but the third kid they got all the kinks worked out they know what's going on you know it's, it's a very streamlined process they know how to keep a kid happy they know you know what not to do yeah i mean she was great after like my sister and then like by the time i got i came around like it was dope i just and then it was also cool because i was like i said it was kind of like being an only child i got to do certain things that they didn't get to do but like I did just because, you know, why not? There's like a big enough age gap there where it was like you're kind of doing your own thing, but they're still around. Yeah. And I mean, now, especially with my sister, it's like really cool because like I am where like she's like, I'm trying to, okay. It's like you're we'll kind say, of at where she was when you were born, except it's not your sibling, it's your uh, nephew. 
Yeah, kinda. And like, oh well, I mean, I'm like what ten? I'm ten years older than what she was when I was born. Mm-hmm. But like, if each year of your life is a book, right? There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like when I go through these things, like my sister knows, like how it starts, how it is in the middle, and then how it ends, and then you know the sequel, the trilogy. So like I can pinpoint things, you know, pretty well through her lens. And then yeah. now I'm at the like I've seen her now. Like I saw I remember her at 21 and she mm-hmm. just turned like 34. So like I now remember like seeing her grow up, even though I was a kid. So like all like the different perspective and whatnot, you know, you just put it in like a life jambalaya and hope you don't get diarrhea. <laughs> Jambalaya. I actually just had jambalaya for uh for lunch yesterday. That's funny, but no, that's that's a good way of thinking about things. You know, being able to like just draw from other people's life experiences and kind of know what's coming or where things are going. Yeah, and then you know, because again, no, you're still here, but like you know, because it's my life, it'll take some weird turn, and I'll say something stupid, and that's how it'll be. Did I lose you again? No, oh, you are actually still here. I was rambling about how I'll mess something up. That'll be different from hers, but. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, yeah, no, sorry. The internet says my connection is unstable. So that's probably my end of things. But uh, what were you saying? That, who knows? That's just my life. I say things, I forget them. Probably <laughs> okay. repeat them. Okay. I did want to. Shoot, there was actually like one thing I did actually want to ask you, ask you. Yeah, go ahead. This is the other bad thing. I just forget so much. Okay, I mean, not what I wanted to ask you, but like you ever just think about things, whatever it may be, and you think about it like too much and it just like waters it down, kind of like how COVID is, how it's just going to become a cold. Like there's just so many variants of what you think of the thought and then it just becomes nothing. Yeah, like you become, like you 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 saturate it so much in your head that it becomes like less and less like significant or like yeah, it's less and less important. And that's kind of how like society, like you said, with COVID, society's kind of been with COVID. You know, when when it first came out, you know, everyone's like, what 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 the hell's going on? And we we're all freaked out about it. Everyone's super careful, but we just continued to hear about it and think about it so much. People just stop giving a shit, and that's why you know it's it's still a problem today. And that that that's the case with a lot, a lot of things for me. Like you know, I, I'll think about something too much, or I'll, I'll be around something too much, or involved with something too much, and it just becomes less and less like alluring to be around that or th- think about that. And you start to like lose interest, and you start uh, like disassociating yourself with it. And um, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing, honestly. Yeah, and I I just think too much like i maybe like two or three times a week i just like can't turn my brain off unfortunately and i just like stay up for like two extra hours just laying oh, there yeah. thinking at night and like i said like two or three times a week probably like once or twice a week for me too i'll be like all right let's go to bed and then like one thought will like break into the back of my head and i'll be thinking about that for the next two hours and then I look at my clock and it's three o'clock and I got work at, I gotta be up for work at six. And I'm like, well, fuck, this night's pretty much ruined. Um, 
but yeah, no, that uh, that happens to me more times than I'd like, as well. And I, especially like things that you had no control of then, and then you think about it now, and you have oh. even less control of it because yeah, it was whoever knows how long ago that that's also mm-hmm. the worst. That's the worst. Or like when you like, like like something happens earlier in the day. And then you're like, you're thinking about it at night and like how you should have said this instead of that, or how you should have done things differently. And you start replaying like a certain scenario over and over and over again. That's the worst. That, that keeps me up for hours. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I wish we could all just think elevator music and go on with our lives, but we can't. Yeah, maybe one day. Just press the mute button and kind of let your your uh fill your head with some useless shit while you try to clear your mind. I I mean I'm sure there's people out there that are like that. I was like that for a long time in my life, and then I don't know. One day I was just like, oh, okay, getting older now. Time to worry about things out of my control. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else for people out there in weird countries? Not that people that listen in different countries besides the united states are weird but i don't know you so people out there in weird countries like what what qualifies as a weird country well i'm just saying like i was gonna say people in other countries but then i accidentally said weird too or you know people that we know any any last thoughts or tidbits for people in other countries i don't know don't uh don't do what we're doing in terms of handling covid i guess because we're the worst that's about it you know Kind of uh, live your life and be happy. It's my uh, best advice. Yeah, I don't really got much else to uh to add to that. Yeah, I think people, at least that we know, listen to this. They'll learn a thing or two about you. Um, yeah, probably. They won't think less of you, so that's good. That's always a plus. That's uh, a thing I find myself dealing with a lot. You know, people always thinking less of me. I, I, that's one of the things I'm really grateful for. Like I stopped caring what people thought about me when I was like nine. Yeah. I just lived my life since. And it's great. Yeah. That's, that's the thing I'm mostly past, but still dealing with a little bit. Yeah. That, that's a tough thing. Like if, if you let people's like, I hate when people do it with like clothes, like wear whatever you want to wear, man. Why do you yeah. care what people think of you? Yeah. Jack is the best example of that. Jack will wear whatever he finds, no matter what it is. We were going out to um, a bar, and he was wearing uh, like tie-dye shirt with uh, a plaid, like a like a flannel, and then his pants were like striped. So he had like fourteen different patterns on all at once. And his mom's like, "What the fuck are you wearing?" And he goes, ah, "It's it's comfortable." And then we just left. And he, he just he, that kid doesn't care. Yeah, but that's the He's thing the... that's really annoying about Jack. It probably worked really well for him. <laughs> I wear that, and it's like, oh, who let the bum in the bar? And then Jack's in there, and they're like, wow, look at him. So free thinking, you know, that just not weighed down by anything. Yeah, I mean, he's an idiot, and that's what happens yeah. when you're an idiot. <laughs> Very true. Very true. All right, Dr. BB, I think that's a good place to end it. You left us with a good nugget of knowledge. I made fun of Jack. 
Yeah, I thought overall pretty solid, uh, pretty solid experience. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I appreciate it. Hope to be back on sometime soon if you let me. Well, yeah, yeah, no, like, uh, you know, as a doctor, we, you always got to have a follow up. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one, Shime. Yeah, I'm due for one of those every so often. And, you know, I, I used up one of my two on the fifth day of the year. What are you going to do? <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you, Brandon. And um, I mean, if you're still listening at this point, just like stay safe. Don't be an idiot. Unless it's you, Jack, it works for you. All right. See ya.